Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. We are powering through the 50 most relevant for the 2021 fantasy football season. We haven't talked about a lot of defenders. The only one really thus far has been Luke McDonald. We had Kane on for that episode. So back into the back line as we look at Caleb Daniel. Uh, thought I'd get Kane back. Hello, mate. Nice to chat to you yet again. Two days in a row. Yeah, it's great, MJ. And again, a really interesting option that I think will be under a lot of people's radars. I haven't seen many teams at this early stage of the preseason have Caleb Daniel in it. But the more you dig into the numbers, he's a guy that's, I think, going to be thereabouts for a pretty long time. He's a a really interesting guy, fascinating place, just only 24 years old, but his best ever score last season came in Supercoach as a defender. He's a 154 against the Saints. That's a career score for him, by the way, in Supercoach. While in AFL Fantasy, 128 against the Hawks. That's not adjusted. You want to adjust that? That's up around that 150 marker. And that probably would have been a career high score for him had that been full quarters. Because his best ever AFL fantasy score, non-adjusted, was just the year earlier. It was a 135 against the Collingwood Football Club. So you could probably argue it was that game against the Hawks that that's a career year. And let's be honest, he was on the end of everything in that game. But for the sake of keeping the numbers pure, we'll just keep it as that game against Collingwood. From an average perspective, marginally down uh, in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team from what we got from him last year. A 70.9 in AFL Fantasy. That's adjusted of 88.6 while in Supercoach. Marginally better than what he delivered for us the season prior. A 101.5. Basically, over the past two years in that format, you can flatline him as a defender that's averaging 100. In terms of his price, he's going to sit back just under 550000 in Supercoach, just over six hundred and fifty k in Dream Team, and 676000 in AFL Fantasy. And Kane, over the past couple of years, Caleb Daniels really evolved himself from this half-forward wing role to being arguably one of the most destructive ball users out of defensive 50. And, and the doggies and players uh, around the league just love to see him with the ball in hand. Yeah, exactly. Again, you don't win your club's best and fairest with the players that he's got alongside him if you're not a key contributor. And Caleb Daniel is that. I think when you think of their back line, it probably is Johannesson that also comes to mind. Yeah. But he's a very different player. Again, Johannesson loves to run and carry and break the lines with yeah. his speed. Whereas, like you said, Caleb Daniel's a bit more creative. He actually sets up the play a lot more with his kicking. And we've seen the level of kick that he's able to execute on a regular basis. It's, yeah. It is Unbelievable. He is clearly one of the best kicks in the competition. And as a result, he's pretty much absorbed exclusive rights over the kick-ins, which yeah. we know for defenders is huge. If you don't have that, it is so hard to be a consistent top-tier defender just because there's so many points that come from it. And Caleb Daniel has that well and truly locked away. Again, only time he doesn't really take it is if he's not on the ground or not there in time to take it and they want to play on quickly. Yeah, if there is an opportunity... Yeah. He takes it. It's going to him. Every single time. Yeah. And that's the thing. He also gets the ball now, gets a bit more of those handball receives. People look for him because he's so creative. So that's the combination you want. And when you see he's up now averaging in that 25 disposal mark, if we convert what he did this year, 
that's the number that you like. The number that you'd like to come up a little bit more for someone in that role is the marks. Yeah. If you can get those marks up, again, he's up at four last year and he's four the year before that. If we convert it from this year, it is just above four. So yeah. there's actually some scope there. If the doggy's game style was to change at all yeah. and to be a little bit more possession-based, similar to what Collingwood does where they love to possess the ball in the back half and West yeah. Coast even, that's something that I think definitely could see Caleb Daniel and probably is what it needs for him to rise up to the, just to the next, next tier. Yeah, he's kind of he's not quite at that upper echelon of defenders. He's genuinely a premium. Let's be really clear. He's a yeah. genuine premium option, but he, he's just not quite touching that top two, three, four defenders um, uh, uh, across the formats. Um, you know, last year he was ranked across the league 19th for total rebound 50, 16th for kicks and 11th for total effective disposals. So it's stats like that, especially in Supercoach. And again, he's not just doing these dinky little 20 meter passes uh, from flank to flank. He's looking, like you said, to create, to open up the ground, to get those outside damaging players like the Hunter. Find McRae in space. Look for a Bontempelli and now and Adam Trelaw and Josh Dunkley uh, to really be those creative players through the midfielders to give that forward line, which with Jamara Eugle Hagen coming in, just gives them even more potency coming into that forward line. While his super coach scoring line probably isn't as damaging in terms of the ceiling that others that we might be considering, his consistency in that format is something we need to consider. Last year in Supercoach, he still scored nine tons. Only three of them converted into 120-plus scores. So that's that consistency. You know, nine out of 17 is around about 50% of the time he's going to deliver you a ton. But again, not quite the frequency of big, big tons um, that he's there. But I suppose the benefit of that is he doesn't have the scoring deviation that other premium defenders had. His lowest score all year, just one under 81. And at the end of last year in Supercoach, ranked six for total points and eight for averages so even though he's not going those big 130s 140s 150s 160s like the Whitfields the Lairds the Lloyds even Chris and McDonald who got hot towards the back end of the year he's got that really nice scoring consistency while in AFL fantasy and dream team last year he averaged 71 adjusted an 88 of an average he had just the one ton of a 128 again if you want to adjust that it's actually 160 so it would have been a career year but those numbers aren't really that impressive in and of themselves, are they? But he basically backed those scores up from the year before in 2019, 17 games, 99 super coach average, 10 tons, um, and just dipped below 80 in four games. AFL fantasy averaged 93, six tons, only two over 120, but he only had four scores throughout 80, throughout the whole year beneath 80. So again, we get over two seasons now, he'll hit tons. He'll barely go beneath 80. But he's probably not that guy that if you need a 130, 140 to win you a matchup or to give you that rankings boost, he's not the ceiling guy that you want in your side, is he? No, MJ, he's, like you said, he had one score above 130 in Supercoach. He had one score below 80. That's pretty much all you need to know for Caleb Daniel. 15 other scores are in that window of 80 to one, you know, high 120s. Like that's, that's what he's like. And that, for me, that's why he's a guy that, I'm probably not going to start with, but he's always on my radar because it yeah. just seems like no matter what happens in the first month of the season or the first two months or the buy, he will get to the same average. So yeah. if you can get him at that low, and again, we just spoke about how even he is. So he's not going to be a low low, but if, if you look at last season, he did have a patch where he produced 
280s, a 90, and his season low of 71 in Supercoach in a mm. four-week stretch. Yeah. So at that point, you are getting him for great value. And surprise, surprise, what did he do after that? 110, 118, 120, 92. Like he's nice. always going to get to that around that 100 mark. Yeah. Again, I think the marks is something that could be, if you're looking for where that's, the growth that's is. That's the growth area, isn't it? If and anything. the other thing for me that stands out, which is always a positive thing, his time on ground is only 84%. It's been like that for the last two years. You look at yeah, Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd's up around 89. And a lot of those halfbacks can push up to the high 80s, low 90s mm. with their role on the ground. So you think about a deep Bulldogs midfield, you'd hope that more of those rotations on and off the ground will go to them. Yeah. And as a result, if that means Caleb Daniels on the field more with lengthened quarters back out there, yeah, yeah. that's when you can start seeing a few of these kick mark games and a few of these things creeping in that make life a little bit easier for him. Plus we've seen the man on the mark's going to have to stand further back. So if there's any more time to play on, to, ta- yeah, to play sure. on, he'll take it again. He's already absorbed that. So it's hard to think about too yeah, much. You can't of a say boost. that's where he's going to build his score. Yeah. Cause it? he's already got it. And obviously the, the thing we flagged last year is if that gets taken away from him, that's always a big risk. Yeah. Um, and that hasn't happened. So he's so solid. It's probably, slightly more relevant in Supercoach due to the ball use. Yep. And again, I, I just see him being pretty much what he is now, 101. Yep. Maybe, you know, there's a two or three point boost there. If he does pull out a big game, you know, if he, if he pulls out a 150, maybe that's the little jump that he needs to take his average up a few points. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is MJ fitting him into the starting squad is really tricky because Real tough. again, I've got three guys that I think are clear cut that I, I know you'll be talking about later in the 50 most relevant. Yeah. And then you've got a lot of these value guys as well. So yeah. for me to pick a Caleb Daniel with the expectation that maybe at best he could be the fourth best defender. Yeah. Um, it's a guy that I want to just wait and see. And if he, if he starts the season slow, I'm going to look to get him because I know at the end of the season, he's going to finish strong. Conversely, if he started the season red hot, yeah, he's probably a guy that I'd have to let go through just because yeah. I'd think that he's he's played that really good strong yeah, that's stretch. Where his but patch has been, yeah, yeah, he's just that guy though that's so reliable. I can't see the role changing. If no, anything, think... the the inclusions to the team have just solidified um, his role. And again, I agree. Not many players have that skill set to even pull it off. No, no, it's really true. Yeah. I, I... I think it all depends how you try like to build your squad, um, you know, because I'm not seeing him picked anywhere. Those kind of top group of, of defenders, you know, it's going to include the Lloyds. It's going to include Whitfields. Laird, you know, whether he gets that full midfield role or not, he, he should be in and around that marker. Then you've got the Zach Williams. People are really bullish on with that midfield role. There's that maybe there's some value in the likes of a Cummings, Wayne Miller, Miller, Hayden Young, Hayden Young. Isaac there's Cummings. all value. So it's like, how do you yeah, fit an, Caleb a, Daniel into that is what makes it awkward. And again, some of those guys could all pump in and around that scoring consistency that he delivers. He's, he's your Corey Enright. He's your Michael Hibbard. He's, he's going to give you five to 10 points of variation every game. Even Crisp has probably gone past him a little bit. Now Crisp has at least got a bit more of a consistent ceiling, at least from last year. Um, we've seen a little more ceiling out of him than what we have Daniel. So it, I guess it all depends on how you like to build your squad. Maybe you go, look, maybe I'll just get a solid base guy and then I'll try to get someone when they're on that hot form. I'll try to identify the Luke McDonald and I'm going to build an anchor around them. 
that's the only argument I'd hear for starting Caleb Daniel outside of, I want something intentionally unique. And I'm going to back against Daniel and think he's going to outscore Rory Laird over the first six weeks in Supercoach. Because uh, he's a 90 guy in AFL fantasy and dream team in terms of average. I think that's what he is. I think he's a hundred guy in super coach. There might be a little bit of growth, but I think, you know, a handful of points either side is where he is. He'll be top 10, in my opinion, across both formats as a defender. So I think it all depends on the point. It, the uniqueness, I, I'd listen to an argument, but like you said, there's some big, big names he's coming up against. And that's probably going to be the thing that means his starting numbers in terms of ownership is going to be pretty low, surprisingly low, given what he's done the past two seasons. Yeah, the hard thing is I, I get the logic of wanting that unique player, but if I'm always looking for that player, Caleb Daniel doesn't really fit the mould per se because you feel like if he gets to a hot sort of streak or hot patch for the Everyone first month, yeah. it's it's maybe 115 in Supercoach and 105 in DT, yep. whereas if we want to talk about a player that can, I guess, take it away from you or give you an advantage and leave people scrambling, yeah, that's probably where it's, you know, the James Sicily of the past, where everyone knows if he goes bang, 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 it could yeah. be 140, 140, 140, and, and now you've got a decision gone. to make. Do I let Well, it's what Luke McDonald did last year, yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think if that's your logic to be unique um, as For a separation point that Caleb Daniel is your guy, yeah. um, you're probably, as I said, better off taking someone who has a bit more volatility and hoping that you time that volatility and then people are left with a big decision whether to, to match that player that's on fire or to hope that they slow down. Um, I think, as I said, I think Caleb Daniel just gets from point A to point B yeah. in a pretty consistent scoring pattern. Again, there's always ups and downs, but as we mentioned, if, you, if your down is one score under 80 and your high is one score above 130 in Supercoach, which is his primary format, yeah, price isn't going to fluctuate nope. massively. So, um, again, very solid pick. Yep. I just feel like with what's around, um, he's a guy that's definitely going to fall under the radar for most people. Yeah, I think so. I suppose his scoring consistency is what makes him quite um, attractive for owners in a draft league too, is because you feel like you could take some flying picks a little bit later on that have got that high ceiling and you know, a 30 or 40 score variation every week from a premium performer, an early draft round pick, because he's a D1 pick. He's going to be someone's first defender off the board. I suppose the benefit of that low scoring variation just means you go, I know I'm not going to be, if I need just a 50 out of Caleb Daniel, it's an injury. That's the only thing that's going to stop me from winning this game. Or Also, if you need a 130, you're feeling pretty nervous that Caleb Daniel's going to be that guy. But if you just need that solid 90, there and thereabouts in fantasy each week, and a solid 100, there and thereabouts in AFL fantasy, in Supercoach rather, he's going to be there. So he's someone's D1. I, I think there are still a, probably a handful of defenders that will go ahead of him. Um, may, maybe second, maybe a third tier of defenders, depending on how you're going to rank them and group them this year. But he, he'll be inside the top 10 defenders for points and for averages yet again. Maybe as maybe the fourth round, I'd start to consider him maybe a late third, depending on where you want to try to get your defenders. Where do you think you should be going for Caleb Daniel this year in a draft, Kane? Yeah, I think you've just got to monitor MJ, the guys who I've got in a similar group, your Tom Stewart's, your Jack Crisps, Caleb Daniels in that fold. I'd, yeah. I'd still have Daniel ahead of ahead of Ridley, as good as Ridley was. Yep. You just sort of, you want to see it again. There's obviously big turnover 
in that Essendon back line with a few key players, you know, does Dyson Heppel go back? Does Devin Smith go back? So yeah, I have yeah. him ahead of that group, but he's not in that top three tier of no. Lloyd Whitfield and Laird. Um, again, so if you're in that six to, you know, four to 10 range, you probably are going, um, you know, anywhere between pick 35 to pick 50, 55, yeah. depending if someone's really keen on a Zach Williams, really keen on a Sam Doherty. Because there are guys that you can make a case for. Um, if you told me, name the defenders that could average above 105 DT and 110 Supercoach. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have Caleb Daniel in that group, but I probably would have, you know, a Zach Williams potentially. I would yeah. have a Sam Doherty. So Caleb Daniel is always going to be that guy that appeals to the player that just wants, I know what I'm getting here. Bankable he's, score. Yeah. He's, he rarely misses games. Yep. And it's a very small window of what he's going to produce. Again, we know on the flip side, you're not going to get the top three defender if you pick no. Caleb Daniel. No, you, you probably won't get the 25th either. Um, no. You'll just get a very solid place. I'd just be monitoring, is Tom Stewart still on the board? I'd probably be comfortable to take you know, either of those two. Yep. You know, so feel free to you know, strengthen another line. But I don't think your season's going to be cost because you picked Caleb Daniel. I'll put it that way. No, I, I think you're bang on the money with that. He's, he's such a fascinating player. And for a guy that's delivered premium numbers over the past two years... He's still very much a worthwhile selection across all of your formats, whether it be a starting or an upgrade. He certainly is someone to consider selecting in 2021. If you want to go and read the article, it's already there for you at coachespanel.tv. The links to join our Patreon supporter group, where you're going to get early access content to these podcast episodes, as well as some other things. You're getting some team reveals from some of the panel members that we're not sharing with the rest of the public, but you can get them there and some other behind the scenes content. You can go and check that out. Uh, and also making sure you'd let other people know about the 50 most relevant, some great guests coming over the next Next couple of weeks that we cannot wait to let you hear tomorrow we're heading to a line where i won't even tell you the line here's what i'll tell you you'll get to hear a brand new person from the coaches panel maybe you've seen this bloke floating around the fantasy footy community louis you're going to get to hear him for the first time on the coaches panel podcast tomorrow he's going to talk about a player that moved clubs during the 2020 trade period who is it tune in tomorrow or join the Patreon army now and find out who it is. Yeah,